Welcome to ForeverFit.tv, your online source for fitness, nutrition, and lifestyle. With your host, Nicola Riley, personal trainer, nutrition, and lifestyle coach, here to help you get in the best shape of your life. Welcome listeners, I'm Nicola Riley, your personal trainer, nutrition and lifestyle coach. It's been a long time between episodes and the reason for that is because I've been kind of procrastinating and I've been thinking I need to get a co-host for this show but I have decided that I'm going to take my own advice on board and I'm just going to do it. JFDI, you might have heard me say that quite a few times. Just get it done because I really want to bring these podcasts to you just to help Um, bring information to you, make it really easy for you to get in the best shape of your life and just bringing your real, um, just giving you the tools so that you can achieve the real health that you're after. And I find podcasts so motivating and so useful just to listen to each morning to set me up for the day. And so it's why I want to be providing you that type of information. So here I am, me, myself and I, and I'm going to be dedicated to bringing you weekly podcast show just to help keep you on track and keep you motivated. So I thought what I would do is I start off each um, just to let you know everything that's been going on this week. So all the new stuff that's been happening in the online gym and on Forever Fit. And then we'll head into some listener questions. And also today's topic, I want to talk to you all about how you can set yourself up a really successful and motivating day. So quite often we have a day that's quite pessimistic I want to teach you how you can make yourself a, have yourself a really optimistic day and there's little things that you can do to set yourself in place so we'll start off with all the new thing that's been happening so new in the online gym this week I've got two brand new posts first one is all about fasted workouts versus non-fasted workouts and I often get asked by people whether or not they should do a workout first thing in the morning Um, with breakfast or whether or not they should work out straight away on an empty stomach and for me this is something that really comes down to the the individual that's asking the questions so I get I find out a little bit more about that person but it's specific to what that person is trying to achieve and what the outcome of that actual workout is so we're all different and we're all after different outcomes so no matter what there isn't a single right answer for this but um, there is some some rules that you can follow. So for me, whenever you're training in the morning, first thing, the thing you want to think about is what is your goal of the specific workout. If it's a hit, like a high-intensity workout, your goal is to be working at that high-intensity. So if you're waking up first thing in the morning and you don't have energy at that time in the morning, and when you do do a workout, those sort of workouts are really flat and they're not energised, you're not going to be getting the type of um, results that you're wanting from that workout. So for that person, I'd be wanting to make sure that they just had a little bit of something to eat. If they had to work out at that time, they'd want to make sure that they had a little bit of something to eat to get that spark and so that they can hit that workout with the energy that that workout deserves. For someone who can tolerate working on every stomach, then I really recommend um, giving it a go and going for it. But again... Um, it's whatever your specific goals are and how your body reacts to that workout so the best thing for me is to make is in the mornings if you are going to be working out is to have a workout that's really low intensity on an empty stomach so this isn't going to stress the body out you're going to get into your fat stores and you're going to be able to really um, keep, keep your energy levels really stable but when it comes to high intensity training I really suggest that you get have something to eat something really little just to give yourself that type of spark so that you can give that energy everything that it deserves and then you can get the right results from that workout because if you're only got half of your energy heading up into that walk, workout you're not going to get the results you're after And so this is for somebody who trains first thing in the morning. If you're training, um, say, mid-morning, then you you would have had your breakfast. So working out when you're almost hungry is the perfect time to work out because you've replaced all the fuel sources and your body's ready to go. And for me, that's the best time for you to be getting your HIIT-style workouts or later in the day. But again, it's all about how your body reacts and... um, what you're wanting to achieve from that workout so I go into heaps of detail in this in the online gym this week and I go into 
what the benefits of fasting could be, the pros and cons, what to look out for if you are going to try some fasted workouts versus non-fasted workouts and whether or not it's something that would be right for you. So um, I explain all the different types of scenarios and then you can work out whether or not you want to give it a go and again possibly get the benefits from it or find out whether or not it's right for you. So the other post that I talked about um, this week is adrenal fatigue, dietary recommendations for adrenal fatigue. And adrenal fatigue is something that's really, really common and it, there's so many people experiencing it and being diagnosed with it. It's almost put as a, as a name on, a, on something that's undiagnosable. <clears throat> the thing to understand is that adrenal fatigue and and how it affects your body so when you do get adrenal fatigue you don't just get it for the sake of it your body there's something going on that is causing the adrenal fatigue whether or not it's huge amounts of stress in the environment that you are so it could be work lack of sleep could be a newborn baby it could be relationship stress huge amounts of stress going on that is causing your body to just pump up the cortisol and this is where your adrenals get absolutely burnt out. And so for most cases, your body's designed to be able to handle this sort of stress. And so the thing to understand, when we get adrenal fatigue, there's usually something deeper going on. There's usually something hidden that is causing adrenal fatigue that your body's unable to keep up with over time. So in most cases, it's it's got a lot to do with your digestion. It's got a lot to do with how you're absorbing foods, reactions that are going on place in your body and your hormones. And so there are different stages of adrenal fatigue. And um, often it's... Um, the, well, the goal of with adrenal fatigue is finding out what the root cause of it and finding out why you're getting the symptoms and why you've got adrenal fatigue. It's... it's yeah, like I said before, it's not something that your body just gets exhausted for the sake of getting exhausted. It's a symptom, and in order to fix a symptom, you need to fix the root cause. So there are different phases of adrenal fatigue. This is um, there's like phase one. So this is where your body's able to actually keep up with the demands of stress that are being placed on it. So it's pumping out the cortisol. It's being able to cope with everything that's going on. Your energy's good. Your sleep's good. Your weight issues haven't been a problem, and this is where you're feeling you're feeling pretty good, but just something's not quite right. Like you just you might be waking up on the middle of the night, you might have trouble falling asleep, you might be getting energy highs and lows. This is where your body is is producing heaps of cortisol, and so your total cortisol output will be really high, as this is where your body's trying to keep up with the stresses that are going on. So this is kind of phase one where things sort of start to happen. Phase two is where you might be doing a similar amount, the similar sort of things that were happening in phase one, but this is where um, your body's no longer able to produce that cortisol that's been been asked of it, and this is where you start to get worn out and tired, and this is where you might start to wake up later in the day, you might start to wake up in the middle of the night, you might be wired, you might have a really hard time falling asleep, you're just starting to get exhausted, you might be starting to get some other symptoms come in, like some skin problems, some gut issues. And this is where your total cortisol output is just really becoming depleted and your body just can't keep up with that sort of stress. And phase three is where your total cortisol production has been really depleted. You're exhausted, you're run down, you're really struggling to get all those sorts of things done in your day. You might have brain fog, depressed fatigue, um, blood sugar problems. This is really common when your adrenals are burnt out, you're run down, lots of symptoms related to adrenal fatigue. And basically, your body can't keep up that cortisol production. This is where, if you were to get test results done by FDN, um, the testing there through, through BioHealth, which is what I do, this is where you'll see that your total cortisol production will be really low. So the other thing to understand is that your body just, just doesn't generally get adrenal fatigue from a busy day. So it's really important to understand that there is usually an underlying cause. And this is what my job is when we do um, FDN testing or um, via questionnaires and those sorts of things, is we want to find out why you're getting fatigued, work out what the problem is. It could be a food that you're eating, 
could be um, some toxins you're exposed to and sometimes you just need to be getting think, all that diet right and there might be some supplements that you can help as well to help fix um, your body and heal that root cause so that you aren't getting the symptom of adrenal fatigue anymore and you're able to find that real health. So basically um, adrenal fatigue is an imbalance that over time your adrenals aren't up aren't able to keep up with the stresses that are placed on it so whatever that stress is we need to find out and so it's um, working out the yeah what the problem is so I again I go into this in full detail in the online gym um, more about the types of things to look out for what is a natural cortisol rhythm in your body Um, I go into the normal cortisol ranges and working out whether or not um and some nutritional things that you can take to help with um, sleep and fixing your adrenals as well because your adrenals do require certain foods in your diet and to help support them Um, one of those main things being salt and sodium and so making sure that you're getting plenty of that in your diet is really important but I go into that in full detail in the online gym Um, so the other thing um, that's been new on Forever Fit this week is I did a post all about how how to learn to love yourself more. And this is quite a... a, um, It's one of those subjects that we just don't put enough effort into. uh, It's a nice idea, but do we actually put it into practice? And like even the sentence, how do we love ourselves more, is... um, you know, it's quite a difficult sentence to sort of comprehend and I wanted to sort of break it down into steps so that you can start to do things that are helping you love yourself more, if that makes sense, because we're constantly um, caring for other people, we're seeing people the time where we're comparing ourselves to other people and we think we think that... Um, we want something that's over the other side of the fence and our lives isn't good enough, but we want to... There are simple things that you can do just to sort of help you start to slow down, listen to understand what your body needs and so that you can really take care of it. You can understand um, ways in which you can improve your day. And these are all things that are going to help you over time just learn to love yourself, love your life and appreciate your life even more. So one of the um, big things that... So like there's there's some steps that I've written out. And so... Step number one is to just take some time out and be alone. So get comfortable with who you are and get in tune with how you're feeling and just walk away from all the havocs of your day. And I know this sounds, you know, you're like, yeah, right, how am I going to do that? But just even if you just walk away for a couple of minutes and you, you walk away from the electronics, you turn off your phone, you go do something that you love and it could be that you go to a movie, you go for a walk, get some fresh air, or you just go sit outside, lie on some grass, sit on a deck chair, and just just relax and just move away from the havocs of your life. And initially, it'll feel like you're being really selfish. However, the thing to understand is in order to be healthy and to be the best person that you need to be, you need to be a little bit selfish. You need to take care of yourself first and to learn to love you so that you can... So, so that when you are doing this, you're able to show those around you, um, really value your time with those around you. So just a simple act of taking time out for you and being alone can make a really big difference to um, how you feel about everything and how you feel about yourself. So that's step number one. Step number two is to find things that you love about yourself and write it down. And so we're always, like I said before, we're always comparing ourselves to others. So I just want you to start to change this. Compare yourself to the person that you were yesterday. So last week and a year ago. So instead of comparing yourself to somebody else, think about, okay, what can I do today to be better than yesterday? And then do little things to appreciate the growth that you've made each day, each week, each month. And then write little notes to yourself and just like either like tick it off or compliment yourself on the step that you've made to get where you are today. And then think about how you can improve tomorrow, today from tomorrow and tomorrow from today. So it's 
the only way that you can improve is to appreciate where you are right now and just making little steps on how you can improve that life that you're in. The next things that you do to show your love to yourself is to eat really nourishing foods and foods for yourselves. So eat foods that provide yourselves with the nutrients and minerals to be a really healthier you. Think of each meal as an opportunity to create and build health and vitality. And it's important to understand that food has a reaction in your body within seconds of you eating it. So make sure the food that you're eating is unique to your, to your body, so it's food that's right for you, and that it's providing your body with fuel. Step number four is nourish your skin. So just as the food you eat provides fuel, so does, so does the food that you put on your skin. So you want to make sure that that is chemical-free, organic, and real food for your skin. And this doesn't have to be expensive. This is why I'm on a mission to give you all these amazing um, food recipes, not only for your skin, but body care as well on my site. So you'll see that I've put shampoo recipes, body lotion recipes, um, conditioner made out of avocado and honey. I've put all these yummy recipes to help you nourish your skin because your skin is your largest organ on your body and it's what you put on your body is absorbed into your bloodstream within seconds. So make sure that you're providing your skin with the food it needs to create a healthier, more lovelier you from the outside in. Fifth step to learn to love yourself more is use things like essential oils. Oils when inhaled and used on the skin will get into the cells of the body and have amazing effects on your energy, mood, repair, recovery, and so much more. They are anchors and they can help, um, they can transform your mood in seconds. So it's really... Uh, so get to understand different essential oils and find out ones that help you relax. For example, lavender is a really relaxing, calming hormone. So this could be something that you put on your pillow at night time to help you wind down. Or if you want to feel awake and stimulated, something like peppermint that you could put in a burner in your office or um, put it on your palm, um, back of your hand or on the um, bottom of your wrist to help um, wake you up and make you feel fantastic so these these are the two oils that I use a lot of as well as orange essence they just the combination of like orange and peppermint I don't know much about oils and I'm getting to know a bit more about them and you know adding to my collection over time and I'm just starting off really simple I've got this really cool oil burner that I sit on my desk or beside my desk on the windowsill and I just pop a few bits of peppermint oil or um, mandarin oil in the morning. And it's just that um, routine of doing that just gets me in the right mindset and helps me just feel really good. The sixth step I wrote down was focusing on being beautiful from the inside out. So when you love yourself and you take care of yourself, you'll portray um, beauty and conf through confidence and so focus on being not only um, kind to others, but really kind to yourself and find out what makes you really happy. So we're wrapped up in finding out what makes other people happy, but I want you to take time to find out what makes you happy. And so when you know what makes you happy, you're going to betray this confidence because you're living this, this, these happy days. So beauty is much deeper than cosmetics. And so you want to find out... Um, and so another thing you can do is find out why, um, like your partner or your kids, like what's beautiful to about you from them. So when you find out um, what makes you beautiful and why why other people appreciate you, you can you can really get to um, reinforce this in your own thoughts in your own head. So just ask your spouse or your kids or just ask them what they like about you. And, um, yeah, just use that as, as motivation just to really just start to become more confident and um, carry that beauty from the inside out. So find rituals to improve your day, step number seven. So discover what makes your days ideal and then create rituals and routines to recreate those ideal days each and every day. So start your day by saying, what do I want from today? So instead of saying, what do I need to do, set up, what do I want? So what do I need to do is quite a negative sort of um, phrase. It's 
it's like actions, there's nothing really positive about it. So first thing in the morning, you want to be setting yourself up with a really positive frame of mind and asking yourself, what is the outcome of today? What do I want it to be? To be honest and think about what you really want from, from today and then create that day ahead of you. And so this doesn't mean that you, um, it's creating the positive day from the day that is ahead. So if you were to get out and think, oh, um, what I need to do, I've got to do, go pick up the kids, got to get the groceries, got to do this, I've got to go to work. It's not creating a really positive day. So even though you've got to go to work, you've got to go pick the kids up, you've got to um, do all these things in your day. How are you going to make that day with all those things that you need to do? How are you going to get what you want from that day? So um, when I go into the topic about um, creating your ideal day, this, I'll go into this more. But it's really just changing your mindset in the morning from what I um, need to do today to what I want from today. And then create that day is what it's really important to do. So then you're sort of starting to create rituals from your day. And so this, then you're starting your day in the right mindset and you're going to get, get be able to create the day that you want versus the day with lots to do and you're just that busy type of person. And you can I you don't need to look far, look about one post about being busy. It's more about being productive and getting what you want from your days. I'll talk about that in another podcast though. So step number eight, write down each morning what you want. So what do you want from the day and how are you going to achieve it? So just the act of writing things down puts you in the right mindset for your day. Some people do gratitude journals and and for me, I'm not that sort of person. I struggle with what what to do when I call it a gratitude journal. That doesn't mean to say I don't do a journal. It's just I'm not writing down in those sorts of phrases. So for me, I have a routine each morning where I get out my diary and I write down my ideal day and what I want from today. And at the end of the day, I cross those items off. I also write down what I'm going to do and how I'm going to achieve it. So once I've achieved that day, I write a sentence or two at the end of the day about the outcome of the day and what I've learnt were the things that I um, didn't like. And this is really important when it comes to food as well. If there was things that I might have done and I wasn't feeling too flash I'm writing these sorts of things down to this diary and this is where you'll start to see patterns repeat and things that um, you might not be aware of but you can look back in your diary and go oh that I've, I've done that before I've been down that path before I'm not going to let that happen or um, there are foods there that I was oblivious to were actually causing this reaction when you've got all these sort of things written down it makes a really powerful way to just get in control of your days and in control of the way you feel. And so this is what I do is my version of a gratitude journal. And it's more of a journal or a diary. And this is how I create the days that I love. Step number nine is goal setting. So every Sunday I set myself goals. This is where I put this in my diary. Under It's not a flash diary. It's just a good old diary from Monday through to Friday throughout, you know, 2014 goal. And on the Sunday, where it's got the Sunday and the date, I set myself the goals for the month. It's a quite a big diary, so I don't put a lot of points in it. This is my goal-setting um, diary. So under Sunday, I write my goals for the week ahead. And every month, I set goals for that month as well. So when I see the date, so the end of February is coming up, in a few days so February 28th that's where I'm going to be setting the goals for my month ahead and I write a really clear plan of what I'm wanting to achieve that month and then each day I break it down into things that I wanted to achieve from there and why this is really powerful is because what I've discovered is especially when I'm working for my own business I I have that kind of you know you're working 24 7 on your business and you're working every day all day on your business and you're getting lots done but you've got no structure to your day and what I wanted to do um, this year my goal was to increase my productivity but to also find more balance in my life and so this meant that I wanted to know what I needed to achieve and so then when I had achieved those things that I'd set out for myself that week it meant that I could have a clear conscience and walk away from the computer and really go out and enjoy the day and go do something spontaneous but when you don't have those sorts of plans you're constantly just saying there's so much to do there's so much to do there's so much to do and you're constantly just trying to just do so much 
and chasing your tail. But when I, I learnt just sort of all about the productivity and breaking it down, I was able to just find structure so that when I got, like, when I go through everything that I put down for my Monday, I started to find patterns and I was able to put these things into certain days so that everything worked really well in my week instead of just having a whole lot of stuff that I had to achieve each week I was able to break it down and really systematically put everything in place and this was really powerful for me and it it made me really clear about what my goals are each week what I wanted to achieve and it was really really helped me be able to um, find balance in my day so that I actually had that kind of I, I knew that I'd achieved what I needed to achieve and I could walk away and go and enjoy something. Like we could go go on a date, <laughs> go figure. So, the thing, you know, go to the movies or just doing something that, um, you know, with a clear conscience knowing that I had achieved what I wanted to get done. Step number 10 is feed your mind. So what are you feeding your mind with it um, each day? Like, do you listen to the radio? Do you listen to the TV? Do you read the magazine? Do you read the newspaper? There are certain things that you need to do to surround yourself, um, just to surround yourself in so that you're enhancing um, your mood, you're enhancing the frame of your frame of your mind. So if you're waking up in the morning and you're watching, um, you know, looking on Facebook, watching breakfast news or reading the paper you're instantly surrounding yourself with with negativity it's not saying that breakfast all those sorts of things are always negative but you're not setting yourself up in the right day so I'm going to go into this more um about like I said setting up the ideal day but this is where it's really important just to think about what things you can do to have control especially in today's world where the internet is fantastic for like streaming tv watching tv or who you want to follow and so this means that you have complete control over what you want to put in front of you and so you you have the choice of whether or not you just want to be um, wasting hours away watching things that clutter up your mind with negative things or you can really just be really choosy about what you want to watch and when you are feeding your mind with really positive things you can have a much more positive outcome Step number 11, how to learn to love yourself, is move your beautiful body. So movement creates energy and vitality. So this is where you want to get yoga and stretching, core strength training, walk, hits. And this is why the online gym is so powerful is because the online gym has over 400 workouts. And these are workouts that are short. It is, our bodies need exercise. This is just a fact. You, You Basically, you can't age well unless you exercise. 80-year-olds who exercise can have a body of a 50-year-old. A 50-year-old who doesn't exercise will have the body of an 80-year-old. It is Exercise is fundamental for life. It is fundamental for health. Those that age well and the healthiest at the, um, the oldest age are those that exercise. So... It is hugely important that you learn to move your body and just make it part of your day. And it's moving your body really efficiently, functionally, and just making it feel fantastic. So that's why the online gym has those workouts in there, 12 minutes, moving every single muscle in your body functionally and workouts for all levels. And that's why I've created it so that exercise can be a simple thing and a really easy thing for you to achieve in your day. Step number 12 is stand up for what you believe in and do the things that you love. So there is nothing greater than following your passion. So believing in something and staying really true to, true to it and seeing other, other, and other people seeing you do that is going to really enjoy who you are. And like there's nothing more powerful is when you see somebody doing what they're really passionate about. It just makes them happy. So find what makes you happy and do, do what you believe in. Step number 13, don't compromise. So do what makes you happy and never compromise on that. Why why would you when you know what makes you happy and what doesn't make you happy? Step number 14, live your legacy. So know what you want to achieve in your life and set plans in place to allow yourself to do so. I've done a post all on this. It's called Live Your Legacy and it's really powerful and think about the real purpose that you're striving for and like why why you want to do that so when you love what you do you create more space to love love yourself and others
So those are the, my 14 steps of learning how to love yourself. And like I said, it's um, these are just little things that you can start to, you know, just the phrase learn to love yourself, it's like, okay, so how do I do that? Just by doing these little things, you're showing yourself that you love yourself more and appreciate yourself more. And over time, that you're, you're just going to be able to grow more as a person. So these are little things that you can just start to put into your day so that you can become... Um, just more confident in who you are and just really creating those days that are the right for you. So uh, um, the other thing, so today's topic, I really want to talk to you all about how, how you can set up a positive day and an optimistic day. And there are things that you can do each and every day to help set it up to be successful. And if you don't get these in your day, that's basically, that's, Oh, sorry, the first thing to work out is what makes your ideal day. And so this is knowing the day that you've got ahead of you and just how you can structure that day so that you get the outcome that you want from it and so that you can get the feeling that you want from that day and you know what you want to achieve from that day. So for me, there are certain things that I make sure that I get into my day. And if I don't get these things in my day, that's basically... Um, they're going to affect the outcome of my day and what I want to achieve. So I thought I'd just run through them. So the first thing that I do before anything happens is the night before I would have written in my diary um, lessons I learned from the day before and I will know like how that day worked and I'll make sure that I get a really good night's sleep. So I'll be in bed by 9.30 and I'll be asleep by 10pm. And then I'll be, so when I wake up the next day, the first thing my body needs is water. So this is where I drink my lemon water, and this has got salt in it and also L-glutamine in it. So that's really healing. It um, helps rehydrate my body, and salt is one of those fantastic things. It's your best source of trace minerals. It's rehydrating. Sodium is what your adrenals need to help them function optimally, and then the water is what my body needs to rehydrate after a good night's sleep as well and the thing with the salt and the water combined this helps your body detoxify because the water is able to um, get into the cells it's able to do its job rehydrate the body and get you feeling good so straight away this perks my brain up this energizes my body it starts some really good healing processes with the l-glutamine and the salt in the water and it just sets my body up for a really good start the next thing I do is I find a really fantastic podcast that I want to listen to. It's a motivating one. It's just something that's going to, you know, fill my brain with the right sort of things. And then I head out for a 30-minute walk with the dog and we power walk around the block. Then as soon as I get back in from that, I have a herbal tea or some, like, um, broth or soup that I've made. And I write in my diary what I'm wanting from today and what I'm going to do from today. Then I have my breakfast and then I get into the work. So this is where I'm doing everything that is on my day and what I need to do. So from there, then I um, do like a hit workout. And then I later in the day after I've gone through my work, I'll I need to walk away from my desk or walk away from work and this is where I head out and I go see my horse and so this is um, something that I am so passionate about people finding what they love and finding something that they can do that allows them to get in the zone where they aren't, aren't thinking about work they aren't thinking about food they aren't thinking about anything they're just completely in the moment and they're in the zone and this is such a powerful thing to do because you know that, um, you know how you hear people say that they have the best thoughts when they're in the shower or they have the best thoughts when they head away from holiday? When your mind rests is when your body improves its recovery, improves its memory and improves um, like your brain function. So when you allow your brain to rest, you're actually doing some of the most powerful work to allow yourself to be stronger. So when you slot in times of your day when you 
allow yourself to stop thinking. So for me, this is when I ride my horse. This is what's actually making you stronger and able to make you improve yourself. And just as much as um, people love being busy and people love getting heaps into the day, it's so important to make sure that you find time in your day where you where you do just get in the zone. Where um, another example of this is like surfing when somebody's on a surfboard and they're just riding the wave. They're thinking about the wave, the ocean, how their body's positioned, and they're just in that zone. They're not thinking about anything else. Their mind is just completely clear, and they're in that moment with that wave on that surfboard. Another example might be, um, even if it's just walking the dog, you're out there, you've got some music on your podcast, or no music at all, and you're just feeling your feet walk on the stones, and just the dog or throwing a stick with the dog or playing with the dog like there's just just finding something where where you're able to turn off from the world and yeah tune out and for some this may seem like uh, how, how on earth do I do this the simple act of sitting out on a deck chair with um, a cup of herbal tea can be enough and can be enough to get the benefits from it so it's it's over time finding little ways that you can get something to help you get in the zone. And this is what, um, you know, meditation is so powerful in that people, you know, there's huge benefits in meditation. And for some people, meditation means sitting down or lying down, closing your eyes and just tuning out from the world. For some people, meditation is running. Some people, meditation is the surfing for or it's meditation is that kind of thing where like for me it's like riding my horse it's just getting away from the world and tuning out and just allowing yourself just to really chill out and let the let the mind rest because then when I do that that it allows me then to come back and I'm able to work some more then after I've done all my work then I'm doing something just to chill out reading a book watching some tv and allowing myself to wind down from about 7 p.m to just allow yourself just to find that time just to so that I can get a really good night's sleep. And I'm up really early starting work and so when I have this routine this means I'm able to be incredibly productive. But if I don't get this routine, I don't get all my little things in place. So say I don't go for a walk or I don't get that podcast happening, I just find myself drifting through the day, I don't get my I'm not motivated to do my workout. Just things aren't going right and it, it, I just don't have that ideal that I, day that I want. So when you um, learn to understand what your day is and what you've got ahead of you and all the things that you need to achieve and you write them down, then think about what you're wanting to achieve from the day. What are the types of feelings that you're wanting from that day and how are you going to achieve it? So just the simple act of writing things down and drafting ideal days and then the next day write down okay was that an ideal day what can I do to improve on that and then plan your next ideal day just just start to explore different ways that you can make better days for yourself and what what sets up a great day for you so if you know that right now you're not living ideal days and you're feeling sort of in a rut how can you switch that around okay so so maybe it is that you as soon as you wake up you need to make sure that you drink water and that's a fantastic first step might mean that you do some yoga first thing in the morning and then you feel like yes this is what this is was a perfect start to the day and then you write that down and say okay I need to repeat these things tomorrow so that tomorrow I have an ideal day as well so with all that in mind then you just keep doing that each day and you you repeat it so um with things like that like for me the business that we've got is an online business and so it's a 24 hour you know it's it's all day every day we're in the business and that's that's the same for anyone who is self-employed the business you know you've always got work you need to do you always need to be doing things and so for me, when I make sure that I create ideal days and my days are right for me and each and every day is great, then I don't feel like I need to have, you know, long weekends or massive holidays because I'm getting the structure right within each day so that I feel really good. And then when we do hear away, a different environment, 
that I can continue to work and be productive, the different environment can create um, enough of a holiday for me. So if I find that that's not working and I am feeling like I'm in a rut and I'm wanting to improve things or I just need something to motivate me again, this is where I look for some education or some new research or I find a new podcast to listen to or I might look for a new book and I just mix things up a little bit and just find find a new way to motivate myself and look at things and there's that many amazing books out there that are fantastic and just finding something to get myself in the right mindset or motivation or someone's biography might be enough just to really inspire me just to um, get back on track and get things moving again so just think so take that away and just think about what can I do today to make an ideal day and like what do you want from each day so you know what I do to structure my day so they get make them um, the best that they can be and just when, when you know um, the things that make you happy and when you know rituals and routines that set you up right then you're going to know how how to structure or influence your day. So say your day starts to go bad, it's like, right, how can I switch this day around to make it ideal again for me? Okay, so right now I'm going to head into some questions of the week. So um, each week I'm going to ask you, answer a couple of listener questions and, um, and go over a topic. So this week, um, listener questions. Uh, first one I've got is, what sort of protein powder do I use? Um, so there's different way things to look at. So first of all, the reason why you might be taking protein powder. Protein, we need protein. So protein is essential for us to recover. It's essential for muscle recovery. It's essential for repair. It's essential for your brain function, hormone functions. We need to make sure that we're getting protein. So if for some reason you can't get enough protein into your diet, and say you're you're super busy one day, and or you find it really hard to find a good lunch or breakfast is hard because you're on the run, this is where you might want to look at some protein powders. And there's different protein powders that are out there and there's things for you to look at when you are um, working out which sort of protein powder to use. The first thing to understand is something called bioavailability. So this is basically um, how well your body is able to use that protein that you're consuming. And the best bioavailability protein is for protein that is real food. So this is your meats. Um, this is real nutrition. It's able to get straight to your cells. Your body's able to use that protein straight away and it's able to help recover. Then there is different varying um, bioavailabilities in your protein powders. So when we run through the different protein powders, this is what you want to sort of think about. So the, the top bioavailable protein powder is whey protein. So this is um, something your body is able to use really fast. It's able to deliver the nutrients to your body. It's able to help your body recover fast. And it's, it's usable protein. So the higher the bioavailability, the greater the proportion of the available protein is able to be synthesized by the body cells. So the higher the bioavailability also means the greater amount of essential amino acids that your body is able to use. So those amino acids can then be synthesized and the body is able to use. So your body needs those amino acids to be delivered to it from your food. So if you aren't getting that from um, good quality meat sources or some high protein um, like legumes or, or um, non-gluten grains, then you need to be upping up your protein from another protein source. So this is where your protein powders come in. So there's, if we were to break it down into your um, the, top, the top bioavailable protein powder is your whey protein. So whey protein can be broken down into whey protein concentrate and whey protein isolate. So whey is a byproduct of cheese production. It's like a clear liquid that remains in after milk has been curdled and strained and that when that gets tossed away, that's what's left is the whey. So this, the whey contains um, like beneficial proteins 
and essential amino acids that are required for like protein synthesis and increased muscle growth. So the body, um, like I said, the body can't produce those amino acids. So we need to be uh, making sure that we're getting good quality, clean protein into our body. So when you get protein powders that are full of sugars and additives, this is going to affect the bioavailability of that protein. So any protein powder that you purchase, you want to make sure that it's clean. It's 100% and it's real protein powder. The other thing for you to understand is that whether or not you can tolerate your whey protein. So whey can, can contain trace elements of lactose. And for a lot of people out there, lactose is something that they're intolerant to. So whey protein isn't going to be something that they can um, use. However, whey protein can be broken down into a couple of different things. Whey protein um, isolate is pretty pretty close to being a pure protein and whey protein concentrate is um, processed in a much more whole form it has less protein but the isolate has about 90 to 94% protein so it's it's much more refined process and so if you're going to be choosing a whey supplement um, sorry whey protein supplement you're better off to go with the isolate However, this is only if you can tolerate the way. So you're only going to know this if you were to try it, see how your body reacts, how you perform with it, and, and run from there. Another protein that you could try is casein protein. So this is another milk protein, and it's not absorbed as quickly as whey. So, for example, whey protein has a bioavailability of around 100, and casein has a bioavailability of about 77. So... It's as a complete whey protein. It is a complete protein, sorry, and it has got all the full amino acids. And just like whey, it's can can be really problematic for those who are allergic to it or those who have an autoimmune condition. So, for me, for example, even though whey is a fantastic fuel source for protein, just can't touch it. It's too. It's my body just. <laughs> gets attacked and destroyed and I break down if I try away. I've tried tried to introduce it a few times with disastrous results and I just get all sorts of allergies and symptoms so it's a no-go for me and it, um, it's just something that the only way for you to know whether or not it's good for you is to try and test it and see what happens. Um, but it is a good protein source if you can tolerate it. The next um, really good bioavailable protein powder is egg white protein. And so this is something that's quite um, easily to maintain on the market. You can get it from most um, protein powder suppliers. And again, you want to make sure it's 100% pure egg whites. And this is a powder. And this has a bioavailability of around 100 as well. The next thing, after those two there are like animal-derived protein powders. So they have the highest bioavailability. But if you can't tolerate any of those things then you could head down towards um, like pea protein powder. And so this is where um, vegetarians can get some extra protein, and this is quite a common one for people to use. And basically, this uh, this can be alright, but it can be quite pricey. And the, because it's from a vegetable source, it's a different sort of protein, and it can be um, it's slower to be absorbed. And so the protein powder... Um, it's not going to get quite the same effects as if you were having an animal-based protein, but it can be a good um, source for the body. The other thing to watch out for with um, vegetable-based protein powders as well is they can be quite rough on the digestive system. So again, introduce it, see how your body reacts, and go from there. Next protein powder that you could try would be rice protein. And so this is something that's been created from... Um, isolating the protein from the brown rice grain. So it's, rice is good because it's a non-gluten grain and it contains some amino acids in it. So it can be a really good source of protein. It's got a bioavailability of 83. So this is actually higher than um, pea protein. And I'd probably rank it a bit higher than pea protein personally because peas, um, I think rice is less harmful on the gut and can, less stressful and so I would put that up a bit higher so I'd try that after if you've tried egg white protein and you're not 
too keen on that, then maybe try the rice protein. Um, it's also got some really good digestive. Um, it came sorry. It, it's also digested quite well as well. But again, it's not as good as an animal-based protein, so it's not as quickly absorbed into your muscles. Um, the other protein powder out there that you might see around is hemp protein. This is something that can be quite expensive. It's another good vegetable-based protein powder. Um, it's got lower protein content than, say, the rice and the pea protein, but it can, can, can be all right as another version. So when it comes to choosing protein powders, it depends on the individual. So first, if you can tolerate dairy, then the whey protein is a good option. If you can't, then heading towards egg protein is your next best bet. And if you aren't wanting to try either of those things and they aren't quite sitting right, then you, that's when you can head into your vegetable-based protein powders. But again, those are just, um, they don't have quite as much protein in them. They slightly um, take slightly longer to absorb and they can be just a little bit irritating on the gut if you do have any sort of gut issues. But if you don't, then go for it. Okay, so the other question that I had this week was, um, I've, hey Nicola, I've been having some trouble falling asleep at night time, just wondering if there are any nutritional things that I can do to help with my sleep. So when it comes to getting a good night's sleep, there's, there is nutritional things that you can do and there's also routine things that you can do. So I have talked about this before in the podcast and um, rituals and routine are so important for allowing your body to wind down in the evening and making sure that you fall asleep and you get that good quality sleep. So if you're staying up really late at night and you are um, you know, watching something really stimulating or you're on your computer and you're you're generating heaps of that blue light, then your body's not going to be able to unwind because any sort of light stimulates your cortisol production, makes your body um, feel like it's awake, and that's going to take you longer for for the sleep. So there's a few like lifestyle changes that you can make, and it's just sort of um, adjusting those so that you can allow your body to naturally wind down as the sun goes down, and so that naturally affects your cortisol rhythm. It naturally affects um, the way that your body is able to wind down because it's really important to understand that light stimulates cortisol and when you've got high cortisol your body can't produce the sleep hormone melatonin and melatonin is what makes you fall asleep so if you are um, yeah like I said on a computer watching tv you got the lights on full in your lounge then you're going to have trouble falling asleep so simple things that when the sun goes down light your house with lamps instead of the like the main lights and um, you can do things like if you're going to be on your computer you can install things like Flux which is a um, program that adjusts the lights the um, the tone of your screen and so computer screens naturally produce a blue light but if you install this Flux software you um, your computer screen naturally adjusts to the light in the room so in the evening the light of your computer screen becomes much warmer and so you lose those blue tones so if you are on your computer for night time you're not getting that stimulus that you would from the blue lights and you're going to allow yourself to fall asleep much quicker um, also if you exercise too close to bed um, this is also going to stimulate your body so you want to make sure that you're getting um, in the evening you want to be making sure that you're winding down so for some people though however some exercise does help them sleep well so it may be that some stretching or even some foam rolling might be something that help you helps you sleep um allow you so you want to be allowing your body to naturally lower those cortisol levels so that like melatonin can um increase and so that you can fall asleep so when it comes to nutritional factors that help you sleep um the first thing is like protein timing. You want to concentrate the majority of your protein in the morning. And you want to... So this this is just... I'll just make this clear first. That this is um, information if you're having trouble falling asleep. This would be different information if somebody was asking me um, questions about... Um, 
uh, yeah, like weight loss, things like that. If somebody's having trouble falling asleep, then these are some things for them to look at. So, um, if you're having a really high, so quite often people when they um, are looking at losing weight, they suddenly think they need to cut all carbs at night time and have a really high protein meal. But here's the thing, a high protein meat um, is, is incredibly hard for your body to digest and if you're eating high protein meat in the evening, this can actually suppress your body's melatonin levels, it can stike, spike your cortisol before bed and it's going to affect the quality of your sleep. But if you um, break, make sure you get the majority of your protein in the morning and slowly as you go throughout your day, your protein, you're still having protein in the evening, but it's not really just concentrated, rich protein um, without any carbs, then you're going to be allowing yourself to sleep much easier. So you, the other thing to understand as well is that um, meats that don't contain like glycine or gelatin, like uh, like pure protein meats, to say it's like a chicken breast or like a really lean steak that's just straight protein is really hard for the body to digest. Fantastic for your body, don't get me wrong. And these are the types of foods that you want to be having for breakfast and you want to be having for lunch because these are the types of foods that burn more calories and these are the types of food that energizes your body. So, um, and if you're not eating carbs the night time as well, it can also drop your blood sugar levels. And so this can um, cause you to wake up in the middle of the night. So if you're having trouble falling asleep and at the moment you're having a really high protein dinner, try adding a few carbs to your dinner and switch your proteins around so that you're having more protein for breakfast and your lunch and much smaller protein for your dinner and see if that affects your sleep and see if you wake up feeling a lot better. The other thing is to make sure is that you don't eat your dinner too close to bed. So you want to have your dinner um, a good two hours before you head to bed because snacking at night time can um, really contribute to your sleep habits and also make you wake up feeling really tired. So um, try and get into the habit of having like a good dinner and having it nice and early and allowing your body to metabolize that food for the, and naturally to wind down with the day and for you then to naturally be able to increase your melatonin and fall asleep really naturally. Another thing for you to look at is to look at um, caffeine. Are you having caffeine too late in the day? Um, some people, um, they might not be having coffee but they might be having something like a little slice, a bit of chocolate after dinner and some, chocolate contains stimulants in it. And so just look at caffeine and your timing of your day because coffee takes has a six-hour half-life, so any caffeine you drink can still be affecting you 12 hours later. So if you are having coffee and you are having trouble falling asleep, cut it off earlier in your day. So currently if you're having it at 12 p.m. 12 lunchtime and that's your latest time you have it, don't have any past 10 a.m. and see if that helps you fall asleep a bit better. Vitamin D. Your body needs the different um, exposure to light and dark, so you want to make sure that you are getting outside and you're getting that stimulus of the bright lights and the sunshine on your body and on your skin, and so that in the evening you want to make sure that it's dark as well, so you're getting the real contrast of your day. So for the moment you're not falling asleep at night, ask yourself, are you getting enough natural light on your skin and on your body so your body can actually fall asleep? And just by adding in half an hour, like a walk outside in the bright light, might help your sleep rhythms. Then the other things to think about is um, certain foods that help you wind down. So um, in the evening might be things like herbal teas, like drinking some tea with some chamomile in it. It might be eating foods that are like gelatin-rich foods, and that they can can really help digestion and help promote sleep. So that's like having um, like soup, homemade soups for dinner, using things like bone broth to um, make them so they're nice and natural and just allow yourself to fall asleep. And if you're struggling for types of foods to, to make, then like take a look on the website because I've got lots of like different sorts of foods that you can use that are quite gelatin rich. And these can be mixed into um, like jellies or into, you can use some like broth in like a stir fry just to make the sauce. 
because um, gelatin contains really important amino acids which are like building blocks for your body for repair and recovery so if you have them close to bed it's like taking a natural supplement to help promote your body's recovery and you can also um, it's also going to help your body promote gut healing which helps balance out your hormones and the other thing to understand is that melatonin is produced in your gut so if you've got any sort of gut problems gut distress and you're having trouble falling asleep then your number one priority is doing everything you can to nourish your gut and your digestive system and so doing things to help promote the healing of that is going to help with your sleep so that there is lots of information for um what i feel is the first podcast back in a wee while um if you've got any questions or you've got a question that you want me to answer on the next podcast please get in touch and let me know um get on to the um the website check out the posts that i've written all about like fasting dietary recommendations for adrenal fatigue and get on into like that post i talked about learning to love yourself and look at the routines i've put in place there all the steps are written down and you can just find out little ways that you can improve your day so that it can be more ideal and get what you want out of it so Thanks for listening. Um, yeah, like I said, please get in touch if you've got any questions. Otherwise, I'll see you really soon for your next podcast.